Amen. Thank you. Thank you, worship team. It's always great to uh, be led by the worship team, right? Uh, sometimes I don't get a chance to do that here in this church because, you know, I'm always up here every Sunday. So, but that was really great. If you got a chance to listen to the, um, the word and really dwell in it, it's, you feel the presence of the Lord. At least I did. Um, it was great. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? Yeah, I'm doing well. Yes, that's great. It's good to see many faces again. Um, yeah, I'm doing great. Lots of things happening uh, in my life at uh, this moment, uh, especially the past few months and this year. Um, so many things, exciting stuff, um, which I'll share shortly. And I'm sure the same for you guys, uh, 2019. It's amazing. Um, where, at least for me, God's really revealing um, things to come in the future, things that I, uh, he wants me to do, the journey that I'm doing right now, and especially at church, the changes that are happening in this church. I'm very excited of what's to come in the future. And, uh, but first and foremost, I, before I forget, I want to, um, again, it's to say that it's a privilege to be, to be standing here in front of you guys. Um, it's a blessing uh, to be able to, you know, share it to you guys and for the staff to trust me. <laughs> I don't know why they trust me, um, but it's a, a trust I take to heart and, and it's a blessing in the process as well for me. Um, so I hope you guys were able to practice what Pastor Franklin taught us last week. Do you guys remember what it was? <laughs> to not settle for, for second best. Remember to not settle for second best. And I hope anybody um, get a chance to, I don't know, have any praise that they tried this week, this past week? Anybody? No? Well, I hope you guys keep doing it then. I keep, keep asking and wrestling with God for those things. And remember that God can do the impossible and not just settle for second best. And then once you get it, don't stop. Keep asking God for something else to speak to you in your life. Amen? Amen. So um, let's open our Bibles to the first verse that we're going to be reading this morning. It's in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 through 32. It says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just Excuse me, just as in Christ God forgave you. Let's close our eyes and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much again for your love that you freely gave your only son, Jesus, to this world to be the light and example of the righteous path we need to take. Thank you, Jesus, for enduring the cross and taking our pain, sorrows, and sin to it. For defeating our enemies once and for all. We are no longer chained to this world, but are free and overcomers because of your mercy. Holy Spirit, help us to be in tune with you so that, you can, so that we can hear and follow God's desire for our lives. Help us to hold onto the promise you have for us so that we don't fall short of your glory. Have your way in us, Lord. And may the word of my mouth and meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, 
my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name and all God's people say, amen. amen. So church, this morning I want us to be a little bit vulnerable. Can we do that? And look at ourselves in the mirror, okay? Um, I don't mean our outer, out, outer appearance because I can tell you right now that you guys are beautiful and handsome people, okay? And if you don't trust me, ask God. He will tell you. Um, I mean the secrets that we have. Our inner self, the things that we hide away. And you don't have to share it to anyone right now. This I'm not saying you can share, uh, share it to others, but if you feel like you need to, um, feel free. In this church, if you need to speak to a leader, feel free to uh, speak to them after church or even now whenever you feel comfortable. Um, but I want us to examine and, and dig deep into uh, our guilt and pain that still is lingering around. I'm sure you guys have that, right? We all carry that. And because we're in the season of Lent, um, I think this is as good as any time to examine this, uh, this scripture on the power of forgiveness. And the best person to learn that from is Jesus Christ, right? Jesus Christ crucified, he was crucified on a cross and was raised from the dead, who then ascended up in heaven next to our Heavenly Father. You know, every day should be, every day should be a resurrection Sunday, right? Every day should be a resurrection day for us. We always need to remember what he did for us on the cross because we're born. When we wake up, we're given that freedom again. We're given the grace. And so I want us to, I want to break it up into two categories. Um, what we typically do and what God wants us to do for that. All right? Can we say what we typically do? And what, what he wants for us. Okay, so what do we typically do? Uh, in our lifetime, it is inevitable to, to be pain-free. You're always going to be uh, down, betrayed, hurt, have hardship, especially even more so when you're a Christian, right? We are supposed, we're not supposed, but you're going to face that trial and tribulation in your life. And naturally, we're, we're humans. We're going to make mistakes no matter what we do. Either we be the inflicted or the inflictor to others. And uh, quickly, I just want to reveal the symptoms that we go through in, when despairs come knocking on our doors. So what, what happens when that happens, when they come knocking? And that is we beat ourselves, we blame others, and we bury it. I call it the be negative. Be negative. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or maybe I'm more open to others or seeing aware of my surrounding, you know, opening myself to others and speaking to them. But when you do that, when you actually give your time and speak, sit down and speak to other people, you start to realize that everybody's hurting. It's not just you. Everyone else is hurting. No matter where you go, somebody's hurting somehow. Hurt by someone or maybe hurting someone else. And this happens every second, every day, every moment as we speak. 
And we're not really taught to deal with it, right? In school, you don't, nobody says anything about that. You're just told to carry on and, and, uh, and just move on. Deal with it and move on. And then it's easy to become, to just bury it because nobody, you don't know what to do. And it's easy to blame others and beat yourself with it, right? When, you, when you're hurt. And even in our families. I mean, I, um, growing up, I don't know if it's the same for your family, but um, I was told to just be, be quiet, stop crying, and hold it in. Carry on. Keep calm and carry on. <laughs> Keep calm and carry on. It's a nice slogan, but uh, in this case, it's not, it doesn't work, right? It doesn't work because what happens? The e issue is still there. It keeps. You carry on, but then the problem keeps popping up again. And so you bury it, but it comes back alive like a zombie. Come infecting all of your good things in your life. Right? And then... And then when that happens, you start to blaming others because you're in that situation. Sometimes we even blame God. And at this point, the issue is no longer one, but many multiple problems. The people who hurt you don't, doesn't even know um, what's happening. Oops. Let me switch that. this is better. <laughs> yeah, we start blaming others. And the people who we blame to or we blame of what that causes the problem doesn't even know you having the problem. They don't maybe they don't even care. So, you know, it doesn't go anywhere, but it comes back to us again. And so we beat ourselves with it with substances. Sometimes forget to to forget about it because we can't handle anymore. It's too much. We've already, there's a bunch of piles. There's so many problems. We just try to escape it now and, and uh, deal it by, deal the problem by ourselves. Isn't that what we typically do? I, I do that. I do that all the time. And isn't that also very similar to the things we do, to the things we do when we sin? And I'm not, I'm not saying that being hurt is sinful. I'm just, trying to say that the process in which we go through when we face these things, face the hardship, because the enemy wants to inflict more pain on you, wants you to carry all these things and derail you from the path God wants you to go through so that you don't realize the freedom you have in Christ Jesus already. This is what being in the darkness does to us. First John Chapter 2, verses 11 said, But anyone who hates another brother or sister is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person, person excuse me, does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. Literally, it's like walking purposely uh, with your eyes closed when you can open it. You know, it, it becomes like that. And God's looking at us like, what? What are you doing? I gave you eyes, two eyes to see. 
And even in our prayer, we end up asking God the wrong thing. Just like what Pastor Franklin told us last week, the story of the Israelites and how they were, Moses helped them to be freed from the um, Egyptians. And when they were in the desert, they, they were wanting to go back. And they're saying, I'd rather be a slave than be out here. You know, their, their prayers are not in the right place anymore. They start seeing something else. They'd rather be a slave than be free. So don't, don't be negative. Get it? Don't be negative. Don't bury it. Don't blame others. Uh, don't blame anyone. And don't beat yourself with it. Okay? So the second point, what does God wants us to do? Uh, very simple but hard to do. Uh, and that is admit it. Admit. First John uh, chapter uh, 1, verse 9 said, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And the, the, root, the root of all problems are relationship, relationships. We are reacting to relationships we didn't like in the past. Does anyone, has anyone felt that before? Has that happened to you? Yeah, it happened to me. The things that we do now, I can tell you I'm learning a lot with um, my marriage with Lantu. I realize sometimes you just, you do things that makes you, I have no idea where it's coming from, but I'm mad at her or frustrated at her. And when you think about it, it's not even her at all. It's something that I start to react based on what happened to me in the past because I have not I have not dealt with it. I have not admit of that things happened to me in the past. And now my wife has to deal with it. Right? Rick Warren once said, revealing your feeling is the beginning of healing. Oh, let's say it all together. Revealing your feeling is the beginning of healing. Yes, there is a power of sharing your, what you're going through. Because you've admitted it. When you admit it, you wanna, it's natural to just share it to somebody you trust. It doesn't have to be everyone. Of course God, but also somebody that you trust in this, on this earth. You've got to reveal it. You've got you to talk about it. And that's why one of the reasons why I really like the, the, the Catholic church. Because they're very productive in practicing in, in sharing their, their sins, right? That's, that's very one thing that they always do in confession. Um, they share the sins, and, and, and it's, yeah, it's the practice that they would strongly encourage. And I think in, in our church, we don't normally do that, or, or we forget to do that because we like to keep things to ourselves. That's something that we need to learn and, and get used to, is to, to share the things, confess to God, confess to someone else. Because only then can you start healing. When you admit it. And I, I'm, I'm, I was raised uh, in a Christian church. I was raised, my dad's a pastor. And, uh, but still, I never learned that. He never taught me these things uh, until I married Lantu. When I realized I had to share things and, and admitting what just happened. Um, but we need to do that. 
The second point is accepting it. After admitting it, we need to accept it. Take ownership. Take initiative. Don't be in denial. Don't be in denial. This is when you realize what took place. Realizing that all these things that just happened to you is, is real. And acknowledging it and seeing it face to face. And this is where I say we need to look at ourselves in the mirror. Have you ever done that and really look at the ugly parts of ourselves? I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to see myself if, if that ugliness because it's, it's ugly. Who wants to see it? If I don't want to see it, then I'm sure Akito would want to see it. You know, the wounds that we have, that we, we've carried all along, the scars, they don't look good because they're not perfect, right? And that's what we think to ourselves. But we need to accept that. We need to accept what we see. Because only then, when you accept it, you can be free. You can move on. Self-inflicted wounds are the hardest to forgive. Because they make you look ugly and you hide it deep inside. You start to lose self-esteem when you do that. And it's easy to, to do that to ourselves because no one needs to know, right? No one has to know. We just keep it to ourselves. We internalize it. And don't worry. We don't need nobody to know, but God knows. Okay? And God wants us to be free. And he sees that. But he gives us many tools to, to do so, but he, we, we don't take it. We need to sit down and look in the mirror and see it and accept and admit what we see. Okay? We hide our wounds and scar because we want to look perfect. Everybody wants to look perfect. We, we always try for perfection. That's the nature of human being. We want to be great. But in this case, it's important to really accept and admit our flaws. And of all the things I know about God, and it's that once we do accept and see that flaw in us, that's where God dwells. He dwells in the imperfection. Amen? God reveals himself to you, his power and glory at that moment. Psalm 34, uh, chapter 34, verse 18 said, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are in crushed spirit. How many times have we seen God using the brokenhearted as the ambassador for his teaching, for his mission in the Bible, in the stories that we read, the Old Testament, New Testament. God doesn't use the perfect person. He doesn't show up to the high priest or, or, or the, the, the people that know the law, the, you know, the king, the president. Sometimes he doesn't. That's not where he, he sits, he dwells. He goes to the person. He walks along with those who are brokenhearted and crushed spirit. Even in the lineage of Jesus Christ, we see, and all I can think about is Rahab, the prostitute, who became Jesus' great, 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 great grandma. So don't try to hide your scars because they're the proof of God's power. They're, that's his proof. That's what you can show people. And Jesus did this as well. He didn't, 
I'm not just saying this because of the story, but Jesus himself did it. In Luke uh, chapter 24, verses 38 through 39, this is at a time when um, Jesus was crucified. And then on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead. And in the early in the morning, Mary and her friends, uh, a couple of people walked to the, to, to the tomb just to see what's, what's happening. And uh, they realized that the, the door was open, right? The stone was moved. And they were so scared because all they saw was the cloth and they were afraid. And, but then an angel showed up and, and, and they said, the angel said, don't be afraid. Uh, so they went back home and they told the disciple. And then they're like, oh. Instead, the disciple got more afraid because then people thought, you know, they might have stolen the body. So they closed the door. They were hiding in there, hanging out in there instead of going out and sharing the good news that Jesus Christ has risen. And then so then here we see him coming inside the door and say, why are you troubled? And why doubt rise in your mind? Look at not hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bone, as you see I have. Right? Look, Jesus is so amazing. I like how he always reveals himself. He had the power to be perfect. He had the power to look good. <laughs> but no, he still had these scars. Because the scar represents the power that he has, what, risen. Because him, he was on the cross and he's risen. He's not dead in the ground. He didn't come back as a zombie. No, he's risen to the right side. Of, and he's up there in heaven with God. Amen? So if he did it, why aren't we doing it? Showing that scar. He wasn't afraid to show it. Because only then the disciples' eyes were open and realizing, yes, this is him. And there's that power, resurrection power in that wound. And last, ask forgiveness. So accepting, admitting, and ask forgiveness. Asking for forgiveness brings you down to your knees. Humility. You start to look, look at the cross for what did. What, what Christ Jesus did for you, for you, for us. And forgiveness is not a feeling, okay? When you ask for forgiveness and when you say forgiveness, you don't automatically feel like, oh, oh okay, I feel good now. Thank you. And it doesn't work like that, right? You still feel the pain. It doesn't, it's not a feeling that you get, so, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to do it anyways, and, you know. It's not, you don't, don't wait for someone else to forgive you because you're still going to feel the pain after they mention it to you. It's not a feeling, it's a faith you have in Jesus Christ. And it's not easy, you still gotta deal with the pain, but you face, you're not longer, you faced it and you're no longer facing it alone because now you have someone else with you. You have Jesus Christ who's done it on the cross with you. Forgiveness is freedom from bondage. Grace that God has given us. All the nail that we pierce ourselves, we pierce others, has now been pierced on the cross. Okay, because Jesus has taken it all for us. So stop nailing yourself. We should stop doing that now. Stop nailing others. Instead, pick up your cross. Don't nail the cross. Don't nail yourself, I'm sorry. Pick up the cross that Jesus has already died on. For our sins. 
and share the powers, the wounds. Show them, show everyone else how you overcome it, that you have Jesus Christ with you. Because he's done it for me. Uh, I just want to share to you a quick story of my brother. His name is Manua. He's the youngest third, um, yeah, the youngest brother. He's about three years younger than me. And uh, he, used to be, he used to come to this church, and he was, uh, for those who don't know, yeah, he was a part of the, the youth group. And uh, about eight years plus ago, he decided to follow a different God um, and uh, go on his own ways. And, I mean, we tried to talk to him, but I guess he was just believed in it so much that that's what he wanted to do. So, um, throughout, uh, we tr- uh, over the years, it's just, it was a little bit difficult to just communicate to him because that's what he believes in, and I believe in my, in, in my God. And then, a few years afterwards, um, about six years ago, uh, Lanto and I were getting married. And, you know, when you get married, you choose your... You have a best man, and so for me, it was naturally my brother because he's always been there, for, he's always been around for my life, and so I, you know, spoke to him, told him what that meant to me, um, what it means, you know, yeah, all the things that I desire for a best man is, and, and, and how, how honoring it is for me to pick him, and he understood it, and he accepted it, and it was really great, and I was happy that he did, um, because there's always that likeliness of he's like, well, it's too much. I can't handle that responsibility. <laughs> um, and so I was very happy for him to do so. But what happened after, closer to the date of our, our wedding day, the night before, he texted me saying that he's not going to make it to the wedding. And there was a lot of things that he said, but I think the excuse was because he believed in our God, that he couldn't be part of my unity uh, with my wife. And, and that night, uh, it was a very difficult moment for me. It was ha- very hard, hard to swallow what he said. Um, I didn't know what to do. Um, cried. Because I, but then I also wanted to be presentable for the next day for my wife. Um, because she's going to find out that he's not going to be walking in the aisle. So it was just me standing there with, with two other guys. Instead of three. And she has... Three, and so, you know, it was a very difficult moment. And so I buried it because I had to to keep moving on, keep calm and carry on. And I thought, you know, okay, well, I just deal with it later. Uh, Fine, if that's what you do, then that's what you do. I can't change your decision. You're making your decision. And... Our wedding still went on, and it was the best wedding ever. It was great. We had fun. Um, it, didn't, it didn't change the way the routine was. I thank you for the staff, Agape staff, for helping me going through that. <laughs> um, but it was great. And that was six years ago. And I forgot about it because I buried it under the, the carpet. And a few weeks ago, when we were sitting around at the dinner table, my, uh, by the way, my brother got married last month. November, uh, sorry, not last month, a few months ago, last year, November, um, <laughs> and, and, I, and, and I thought, and it came back to me again, you know, what if I do the same? Um, I think, I, yeah, I, 
I wasn't the best man because he picked the best woman, I believe, what they call it. My sister was. <laughs> uh, but I was part of the, the party. And I was like, what if I don't show up? But I knew what it felt like. And I didn't want that to do the same for him. So I, I, went, I went along anyways. And I, I don't know if because of that or because God's work in his heart, but this past weeks ago, we, we sit down and spoke again, and he apologized and asked for forgiveness. And all of a sudden, this feeling inside me, hurt, pain, you know, yell, I wanted to yell at him and do all this thing, just rose up, and I became very emotional. And I, you know, I didn't know what to say, and, but at the same time, I'm thinking, why am I feeling this still? I thought I, I, thought I took care of it, but no, I didn't, because I, I didn't accept it. I didn't admit it. I just buried it. I started blaming maybe myself or God. I didn't look at it face to face in the mirror. Until that moment, I realized because it came back. I realized, oh, I guess I, I have not forgiven myself or him. And then it took me a while to, to really say what I wanted to say um, towards him. But that's when I realized, okay, I need I need to do this for myself. And um, of course it's not easy. I'm still hurt, but now it's much better. Now I can speak to him. And we're starting the phase of communicating, admitting what happened between us two. Admitting what happened between us two and working it out. Because that's all we can do for the future. And that's what God wants us to do. Stop carrying it all by yourself. He wants to carry it. And he already did it. He, bare, he took it to the cross. And he overcame. He resurrected from the dead. So why am I still walking around with it? Why am I still carrying all these things? And I, I encourage you guys to do the same. I encourage you to look in the mirror. What these things are you carrying around? To just really face, face, face it in the mirror and see it. Admitting it. Accepting it. And letting God using your scars use for the power of his glory. So I really hope you guys do that this week. <laughs> that you don't, you don't bury your, your burdens. You deal, with, you deal with it. Put it on the cross. You know, the devil... <laughs> The devil has a big, huge hammer, and he likes to nail people, you know. But what Jesus did on the cross, there's no more nails. And what? The devil cannot hit you anymore. The devil cannot hurt you because there's no nail to pin you on. It's now on the cross. He can't harm us. Jesus is alive. Remember that we are free in Jesus Christ. Pains, pain become gains. Right? Don't be negative, but be free. Be free. <laughs> Don't be in denial because the nail is already on the cross. Right? The nail's on the cross. He's taken it. He's now but next to our Father in heaven and alive in us. There's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to be afraid of. 
Let go and be free. Amen? Let's close our eyes and pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you again for your mercy, your provision every second. Thank you for your unconditional love, for forgetting, sorry, forgiving me countless times, helping me to embrace and endure my scars. For your glory, Lord, you always protect and never let me be, no matter how far I like to run away from you, Lord. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the nail-pierced hand, washing all our sins. Worthy are you, Lord. We love you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.